Hello and welcome to Mums Work and Chaos with me, Louise. They say it takes a village to raise a child, so let me help you build yours. During this journey, I'll be learning about everything from neurodiversity in children's literature through to body image post-pregnancy. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Mums Work and Chaos. Today I am joined by Jack, um, coach for parents um, on um, Instagram. Welcome Jack. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, so I'm Jack and uh, (laughs) obviously coach for parents. So I basically my goal is to help as many parents as possible that are struggling with their weight, with fitness, health, energy, all those things you notice when you have children. Um, You know, when you go down the park and you want to sit on a bench because you can't chase your kids around because you don't have the energy. Um, Or when you look at old photos before you had kids and you're like, who the hell is that person? Um, (laughs) All those things, trying to help parents um, through online coaching, um, essentially. and I've got two kids myself. I've got a six-year-old and a 10-month-old. So I've been there. I know what it's like when before you have kids, it's it's a lot easier. Um, and it's sometimes it's only when you have kids that you realize how easy it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, how much time you had, how much energy, how much better your sleep was. Um so yeah, through being a PT, having children myself, understanding that there's a big problem out there that isn't being served necessarily by a lot of PTs or people in the fitness industry um, and working with parents and realizing um, they need specific assistance with the hurdles they face. So that's essentially why I'm in the position I am doing what I do. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm a mum of three. I've got a six year old, well, seven actually now, um, (laughs) a three year old and a one year old um and and also work full-time I mean I'm really lucky I I work remotely I work from home um which allows me to do quite a lot of stuff but um as you can probably tell from the uh, blurred out exercise bike in the background um (laughs) my my office is also technically my gym space um now that 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 bike probably gets what used maybe once a week um which I feel is quite an achievement for me (laughs) but um, I would definitely say that um that yes I it was a lot easier to get out and about and and do things and get moving pre-kids but also like when we had one it was so much easier like we just literally bung our eldest into the pram and we go down to the woods and we go for a walk with the dog and and her um but now our dog is a lot older she doesn't get out very much (laughs) um and then with the two smaller ones I think trying to the idea of even going to the park sometimes feels a bit much um so you know being able to discuss with you um some tips for for parents as well about like working out and 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 also actually eating better as well um would be really handy um, I came across you on Instagram. I thought your reels were absolutely hilarious. Um, and the way that you just keep it so real as well, like understanding the limitations of parents, but also understanding the issues of 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 parenting as well. So like, yes, the sleep exhaustion, the, the tiredness. 
um that comes with it um but also you you did a reel that that highlighted about um finishing the leftovers on your kids plates and things like that and I will easily put my hands up and say that I have eaten my dinner with the kids and then fallen to the temptation of the last chicken nugget and handful of chips as I'm as I'm clearing the plates I think you know as as a part of the millennial generation being raised by you know the the wonderful parents we had who you know grew up just after the war and were instilled with you must finish everything on your plate I think sometimes that's the subconscious thought in the back of our heads as well isn't it about the waste mm. of, of actually throwing the rest of that food on the plate away and and having to like <laughs> just yeah. you know finish it think, off. I think I know we, we're quite conscious conscious of um not it's, it's a struggle when you're a parent not to use food as like a bargaining tool and mm. referring to different foods as like in a negative and a positive way to say like eat the broccoli and I'll let you have this nice thing and then you in your you're like using language that then makes your child think well the broccoli must be a bad thing and the treat I'm having after even saying treats pretty bad you're <laughs> a human not a dog like why are we doing that but like then they start to associate I have to go through this horrible experience to then have this good thing with food and then I think it happens quite early on so you're right like being brought up in that generation of like waste not want not mm. uh, you've got to finish what's on your plate before you get down um using like food as a threat and then a treat it's like it's quite hard it's a hard one to to walk that line really yeah but... I definitely say that we've fallen foul of that as well um you know using desserts or treats and snacks and treats and snacks you know having having that little chocolate at the end of a meal or something or an ice cream to sort of force them to finish their food I did a podcast episode with um Emma dietitian with a difference and that was so helpful like hearing the language as well that she used to to um establish like healthy healthy food ideas as well um and I mean she's definitely worth a follow but I think that's the that's one of the challenges as well isn't it as as parents and having been brought up in that way I think sometimes again I sort of think of yeah having having a little little sweet or something out of the treat out of the treat box at the at the end of the day is is a treat and it's like a reward isn't it mm. for for doing that good job but it's it's sort of changing that mindset and and actually thinking of all food as good food but you just have to eat it in the right way I guess yeah I think the I think what's good actually now it seems like it anyway a lot of the fitness industry is moving away from the whole bad good labeling um mm. and seeing diet as a whole it's, it's the sum of all of its parts it's not like if you eat this one thing that's going to be terrible for you um if you have chocolate you're having a disaster you're going to get fat um i think people are getting much better in general um at understanding it's like saying it's like the difference between climate and weather it's like 
you should be looking at it as the climate situation the whole year what's 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 the weather like long term not judging one day and being like oh it's rainy today that means the whole year is going to be rainy um, yeah. <laughs> I think like people are getting much more clued up on that um and that's like like you've seen the real the Asda Hall real I did that's why I have a little bit of a problem with those things um where it's like go buy these things that I'm buying which I'm probably not that's <laughs> realistically like I know PTs that do those things and then they'll go get a KFC during their lunch break like it's not reality it's them yeah. projecting what they think you think a PT should be doing um and those things where it's just like buy these foods eat these specific things and that's the good thing for you I think that's a that's a big problem but yeah. overall I'd say people are getting a lot more clued up on not labeling one specific food they eat as like a bad thing yeah I think as well like I I guess I have a sort of I've grown up very self-conscious about the way I look, my weight, all of that sort of stuff. And I 100% agree with people like um, Alex Light and um, and Laura Adlington, um, Lauren Smith about, you know, having grown up with those magazines where you've got all these rakish girls, you know, no boobs, no cellulite, people being, you know, victimised for the way they looked in those sort of, in those sort of tabloid magazines I ended up going through quite a bad spot when I was a teenager lost loads and loads of weight and actually got told by my GP that I had to put weight on because it was getting a bit dodgy but I would literally I would own I would really sort of watch what I was eating I'd have as as little as I possibly could <laughs> walk as much as I could mm. um to try and and keep that weight off um but I mean, I was I was looking through pictures of of me when I was younger and um, I've always had this. I've always had a little bit of a belly, always, always. And so like, I'm looking at myself now as a as an adult mother of three whose body has done some fantastic things. And then mm -hmm. I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, oh, I've got a belly. I, you know, I hate my belly, blah, blah, blah. And then looking back through those photos, I had this sort of like light bulb moment. I was like, but it's always been there. Mm. It's always been there. It didn't matter how much exercise I did, what I ate. That's the way I look. That's it's that's how I am. You know, I have organs inside me that need room. <laughs> that's how I look. And so I guess in a way, when I was younger, exercising was a way of looking a certain way or keeping the weight off. Whereas now I think that my goals have changed. It's about keeping up with the kids. It's about being strong um, so that I can, you know, pick them up and hold them and comfort them in case they get upset or anything mm. goes wrong. It's, it's, um, it's a lot less about necessarily the way I look, but more about the way I function, I guess, is the way I'm, I'm looking at yeah, it now. I'd say the biggest... I think there's a misconception when uh, when people come to you as a PT, um, they they view exercise as a way of expending energy mm. to either negate what they're eating or 
to go along with just just it's going to be the driving force of losing body fat basically yeah but i always say to people you need to view like this if you're trying to lose weight um, and improve your health and improve your fitness you want to view the situation as having three pillars and those three, three pillars are nutrition your general activity and then exercise and i'd say you the two pillars that go together with your weight loss mainly is going to be your nutrition and your general activity which is best judged by your daily steps essentially yeah they're the in and out energy realistically with planned exercise you're not actually gonna expend a massive amount of energy unless you're like michael phelps or someone like that (laughs) um which isn't generally my demographic um (laughs) and so the focus psychologically with exercise should be what can I do to make my body function better for the demands? And, yeah. and you can unpack that. That's, that's three pillars. Then it's, here's the, the mechanisms um, that get you there. But then you're unpacking that and going, what impediments do I have personally to these mechanisms? And then how can I navigate around those? Um, whereas I think, especially what over the last I can remember my dad when he would try to lose weight when I was a kid I can remember him he would just have like salad boiled eggs and he would go to the gym or go swimming every single day and that was the mentality like really restrict your food restrict your choice of food so it has to be a salad Um, otherwise if I eat something else I'm gonna get fat Mm. and then trying to outwork every single day in a gym or in a swimming pool rather than taking a much more measured approach and understanding you don't have to go crazy because you'll definitely bounce back and yo-yo if you do that kind of thing over a street like when we again when we look back to those magazines we were exposed to as kids as well it was always about restricting food it was like you know you heard about all these celebrities on like the baby food diet Mm. and all of that sort of stuff or I only ate porridge for a week and and things like that I mean don't actually guys don't eat just porridge for a week because my biology teacher did that and he got sent home from university with malnutrition um he literally couldn't afford to eat so ate porridge and almost died um but yeah so crazy story I know and being a biology teacher he should have probably known better um but yeah so um but I mean I, I I used to be in that in that sort of like mentality would be drink a glass of water before a meal so that I I would like fill up on liquids mm-hmm. before filling up on food um I I remember this stupid diet where you had to eat an apple before every meal <laughs> because again the enzymes did something that did something else that made you lose weight and and all of that sort of like crazy nonsensical stuff I've done um I've done um shake diets in the past I've done um pills I've done um you know uh those little stupid sachets of things you mix with your drink and and stuff like that awful awful things I've done to try and lose weight and like now I feel like I'm in a much healthier mindset when it comes to food and having been able to like have access to people online who promote like a more healthy sort of like body image and an idea of diet and 
what exactly a healthy diet is and how not all food uh, all food is good food as long as you eat it in the right way as I said before but like you know I'd happily go out with my family and have a, a five guys or I'd go to Nando's and have a salad and I'd you know I don't want my girls to think that they have to eat in a certain way or look a certain way to be happy um but equally I want them to have a good idea about moving their bodies and being mm -hmm. healthy and I want to be a good example of that but as you know a parent and working full-time is just trying to find time to like fit in that movement mm -hmm. um and I think sometimes like working out where to start is actually the hard part, isn't it? Do you have any tips that you could possibly offer us for how to get started in the first place? Well, what what would I, I be think, the best place for that? I think normally you start with a, converse, a conversation with your partner. Because um, mm. actually, even if you don't want to admit it to yourself or even in the healthiest relationships, there's going to be either someone who's like not deliberately but subconsciously is going to like sabotage what you're going to try and do or especially with children <laughs> everyone I know with children <laughs> it, it ends up being like who's had the least sleep who's having the oh, worst week yeah. who's done the most stuff around the house who's suffered the most in the night there's this like competition in your mind like I did I've had two hours doing that thing She's I'm so glad you use that word because it is almost like a competition, isn't it? Like yeah. who can beat who for the worst like, like experience. Tally. You're tallying like I've had definitely a worse week than her and I've definitely slept less. And then she's going to me, oh no, I was up in the night, blah, blah, blah. So I think having an understanding like this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to attempt to do. Um, this is why I'm going to do it. Mm. This is how it's going to benefit my me and you guys um this is why it's important these are the steps i'm going to take this is what i'm going to need to do having that conversation with your partner and planning out so on a sunday evening being like okay this is our week this is you're working these hours you're working these hours there's kids clubs on these days these days having an actual like physical example of what your schedule is going to be like that week rather than it being like wishy-washy in your head or you're not having a conversation between the two of you mm. and then plotting out when you're going to block out possible time and if it's a half an hour walk on a Thursday evening and they get home from work you've been working from home um you've had the kids since after school um your husband is coming back from work at six um there's an he knows when he's coming home what the deal is before rather than being like oh, I really want to go for a run. Like, and then it's like, oh, you could have told me. And then it's like, then yeah. you get into this weird situation where it's like, you feel guilty now, or you feel like you've annoyed your partner. Um, so I think having your partner on board is a big thing. Um, and they don't even have to be like, you know, prepping your meals or anything like that. <laughs> just, just like psychologically not making it more stressful for you. I think um, that's the thing was like, when when we got married, the uh, we 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 said like specific vows which included you know us being a team and that's the thing when you're when you're in that relationship you are a team and I it, do you know what honestly that never even occurred to me to like plan my exercise in and around what we're both doing like 
at the moment it's kind of like you know I'll get the kids to bed and then I'll try and jump on the bike but then I find that I'm too amped and I can't sleep and then I end up going back to work for a bit before going to bed or or he'll go to the gym in the morning um, and have his PT session and then come back and crack on with his day but it's yeah there's no actual planning involved it's just sort of like fit it in when you can Mm. and as you said it ends up like you know that that whole who slept more who slept less who changed everyone got ready everyone ready for school who took the bins out who did the dishwasher in my last podcast episode with Kat we talked about like the mental load and that's all part of it and Mm. in a way exercise falls within that mental load is like you know the telepathic messages of when people are going to actually be doing certain activities and all of that just ends up bleeding to that resentment doesn't it so by actually like planning it out planning the week planning your meals planning your exercise and putting the exercise into that overall Mm -hmm. like joint planning session that takes away a lot of the stress doesn't it I didn't and I think it takes away a bit of the guilt as well because you're the other adult in the situation has said yes like that's a good plan um so it's not you just feeling like you're ditching people um to go do your thing you're like this is in my schedule as much as my work is or anything non-negotiable up to a certain degree um and that that kind of alleviates a bit of the guilt i know like that's a big thing for people is the whole guilt thing like i'm doing something for me when i could be doing something for my family um but I think having it like actually set in stone like that in your schedule takes a little bit away from, takes that, alleviates a bit of that guilt. And the other thing is like, I know people that don't plan it and they, when something goes wrong in their day, so let's say you're putting your kids to bed and you said to yourself, okay, once they're down, I'm going to go do my exercise. Mm. And your other half is sorting out the other kid or is busy doing their work. Um, and you're putting your child to bed and they're not going to sleep they're not they're dragging out bedtime and all those things in your head are whirring around like I've got that email to do I've got that person's contact I haven't texted back to those people and I've read their message they probably think I'm ignoring them and then then you're just stacking all these things and then part of that is like I'm not going to be able to do my thing for me um, Mm. because you haven't planned ahead Um, and I think that just adds another little stress so just alleviate that stress in one hit and have your other half on board with it um just like lubricates the process a little bit more just it's funny isn't it like it it, you just literally described most bedtimes for me and you know we've got as, as I said we've got three and so when it's usually the the younger two but also the the older one's just done her SATs tests and so has found sleeping a bit more tricky. Not that she was stressed out from the whole experience, but more like it was a change in the routine at school, actually having to do mocks and then SATs mm. and, and everything. And so it, it created this like difference that then meant that she was like struggling to process the whole day before going to bed, um, which then leads to the non-stop 
question and answer session just oh, before God. bed, which includes random crap like, how far away is the moon from Earth? I have no idea. It's in your space book and we'll look it up tomorrow. But mummy's not doing it now. <laughs> or there's or, or there's also like the, the younger one is deciding whether she still wants to um, nap twice in a day or once in a day. And then the middle one is... Um, going through not napping at nursery at all which has led to her falling asleep at the dinner table a couple of times too <laughs> so trying to navigate all of that usually the the thing that would drop off my list first is is actually doing the exercise probably if I, if I'm honest because by that point you didn't think oh mm. that well that was just fucking awful well, now I just want to sit on the sofa and eat a packet of crisps and watch some crappy tv <laughs> rather yeah. than prioritizing doing that you know fitness session or you know getting out and I I also found that that like the mums at school would meet up and do um like exercise classes my husband um works um primarily with like companies in the US and Canada um and so he'd have calls in the evening and so I wouldn't get to do those mm. things and I would be so upset that they were all socialising, get that FOMO, that everyone was together doing something great for them and I was missing out. Um, and so then I'd, yeah, that that sort of like FOMO would really um, upset me. Things have changed a bit now, so um, so I should be able to get to like one or two of those classes, which would be great. But it was like the whole, that, that resentment then set in mm -hmm. again, like, oh, well, he gets to go to the gym. He can go to the gym whenever he wants, but I can't go to my class, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty common. That's like, it's not even ex just exercise, is it, with that kind of thing? It's like, mm. oh, he's going to go and socialise with adults, um, whereas I've got, I've just got children around me and I work from home and all those things, like, they can add up and then feel like looking after yourself through exercise and eating properly and just feeling like you're in control of your health um yeah. rather than feeling like you're you've been kidnapped by your brain um and it can't, or a can't bunch happen. of crazy small people or a bunch of crazy yeah taken hostage by crotch goblins essentially um but inadvertently yeah. trapped by the small cult you created <laughs> waco, yeah. the waco <laughs> situation you have at home yeah. i think viewing it as a rather than viewing it as like how it used to be a vanity project, didn't it? Like if you like a short term van vanity project to try and lose weight and stuff, uh, view it as a, a health project, long term lifestyle thing. Um, like when I work with people it tends to be like four to six months. Um, mm -hmm. And by, by the end of that, I want them to be able to be autonomous in it. They don't need me to hold their hand for the rest of their life, which I think is a is where having a lifestyle health goal rather than just like a van vanity type situation that's the advantage is you can build a long-term uh a project for yourself um, i think that's one of the funny things again from from when we were younger was like you would you'd, you'd join the gym you'd go to the gym but to get rid of that winter weight get your summer body um and then and then once you've done that that was it you'd, you'd gain the weight again you'd quit the healthy the healthy eating you'd quit the 
you know, the exercise because you've been on that holiday, you look great in your swimsuit and now you're, you're home, you can do whatever the heck you want again. And then you get back into that cycle, you join the gym in January, <laughs> you try and lose the weight. And I, I honestly, I can't think of a worse time of year to try and actually like get some motivation and 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 work out. You've, you've had that nice long break, you're back to work, kids are back to school, all hell's broken loose. No one gives a shit anymore. Like, you know, you ate too much turkey and too much chocolate. You feel really guilty and shit. Um, and, and generally just depressed. Like, so you go to the gym for three weeks, you fall off the wagon, um, you feel shit and depressed again. Uh, and it's just that constant cycle, isn't it? But actually adding it into your routine, making it part of your, your actual lifestyle rather than that vanity project it then becomes a habit that you then stick to and actually probably something that you then need to keep going especially when it comes to like mental health and energy levels and and things like that so because health health is i mean it's defined as your state of mental physical and social well-being so when you see that's why it's just funny when you see like some things in like fitness and health and it's like i don't know pasting brown stuff over you and your tighty whities and going on stage because you're shredded it's like that isn't health that's like you're not gonna have a social life because you're gonna be so disordered with food that you're not gonna be able to be around people who are like having a nice time um so that's social <laughs> well-being pretty much out of the window your mental health people that finish shows and do bodybuilding and stuff they normally have terrible mental health problems like in general and disordered eating and all those kinds of things so it is weird how we define when we see someone whether they're healthy Um, Mm. and I think when you're a parent your view on health is probably a lot different because you you're much more focused on functionality um, and part of your mental part of the exercise being mentally good for you is just the act of doing it it's not the fact that you're like gonna get a six-pack and then Mm. you feel better about yourself it's i feel better because i am an active person how your self-image of what you do in your life is different um so i think like with parents focusing on the whole view on health is a much better way of going about things if you if you're doing something and it's affecting your social life you need to reassess if you're yeah. doing something and you're not happy, happy, you you need to reassess. And if you're doing something and your body isn't functioning properly, you're feeling way worse physically, then you need to reassess it. I think, you know, like we by cutting out certain foods as well, you don't you don't like quite realise it. You know, you've got the we're both Essex based. We both know the saying no carbs before marbs and <laughs> i know do you know what i'll be honest with you a lot of my favorite foods are basically foods that work really well with cheese i'll be honest with you i love cheese i love carbs i love vegetables i i feel like i have a pretty well-rounded diet Mm -hmm. and that my main issue is my husband who loves chocolate and crisps because they're always in the house and they're an easy access quick snack 
um or yeah f- finishing that food off on the kids plates and and also being quite sedentary because I work from home like sometimes the most activity I get is the school run mm-hmm. um you know walking walking the kids into school um so sometimes I'll actively like walk home because it's um it's a good half an hour walk from the house so I'll actively like try and make that decision you know it's a nice sunny day pop my headphones in I'll walk home um and then sometimes meetings and work don't allow for that it might be that I've got an early meeting so I've got to go home um and then I'll try and jump on the bike later if I can you know but actually what my goal is right now isn't you know looking good in a swimsuit or you know um you know that six pack which will never happen with me (laughs) um it's 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 functioning as you said for for my kids it's making sure that my energy levels are great because I wake up some mornings and I'm just like I can't I can't do today no I need Mm. at least three cups of coffee to get going um or um or yeah the strength actually being strong enough for my kids you know being able to um to carry them and play with them and and do stuff like just like following them around the playground for a good half an hour can sometimes get to the point where I'm just like nah I just want to sit down can't be bothered to do that you know picking picking the kids up to to play on the monkey bars Mm -hmm. as well you know especially the three-year-old she absolutely loves the idea of the monkey bars but has no in in no way or shape or form got the brain concept of how they work <laughs> so yeah. it's you know it's the holding them up and coordination yeah <laughs> playing yeah. monkey bars um all of that stuff it it takes strength and and energy um which at the moment i would 100% say <laughs> I'm lacking in. <laughs> um, one thing that my husband absolutely loves is a um, like meal prep video on Instagram. He will fall into a video doom scroll on on Facebook or Instagram and just end up like seeing all these amazing recipes, send them to me, and be like, "Oh, I'm going to make this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do the other." Um, which obviously happens for the first couple of days and then and then stops straight away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I find that most of the recipes are actually quite similar and are pitched as sort of like high protein, fill you up, stop you snacking kind of mm-hmm. things. What I what's your sort of view on this? I mean, like in a normal week, food prepping does does not even hit anywhere near even the middle of my list because mm-hmm of all the other shit we've got going on with people to visit on the weekends and housework to do. Yeah. I feel like most of these videos are for, you know, people in their twenties who live at home with mum and dad mm-hmm. and have mm-hmm. in, an immense amount of time, but there's, I feel like they're supposed to save you time. <laughs> yeah. I think like, yeah, for most people they can go through what they're doing already. So I think the statistic is some, somewhere between eight and 10 is the normal rotation of dinners that families will go through. Mm. Um, And what you can normally do is figure out what you're doing already as a start point and then work backwards from there. So say I make a lasagna 
for my family in a big dish because try and do as much big dish batch kind mm. of meals um i can put all the ingredients i use to make the whole thing into something like my fitness power or something like that and then basically you're eyeballing at that point how much you have now you're having a quarter of it then you change the serving size on my fitness pal to a quarter 0.25 or whatever um and then that gives you a gauge on that meal and you only have to do that once if you're doing the same eight for each meal and then you can go along a week and see like it will become clearer where your sort of allowance of energy is being spent um through your dinners so that would be my first point is to actually assess what are you doing now and then you can sort of reverse engineer it from there um rather than try and like learn all new recipes and um think you're gonna smash it because you watched a taco recipe on instagram and it says it tastes exactly like a big mac like (laughs) who cares like i like what i eat already can i do stuff with that um (laughs) so i think that kind of look on things rather than trying to drastically change your existence um, or the existence of your family, because it has to really suit your family as well, uh, which is something I'm always really conscious of with food is the idea that like your kids aren't going to eat. Like if I tell you to eat chicken, rice and broccoli for six weeks, just to have a drastic weight loss, like you're either going to be cooking a bunch of meals separate from your family. You're going to be, you kind of alienate yourself from your family because you're not eating with them the same things um and you're gonna lose your mind eating that and really you shouldn't be anyway um so i, I think, think i'd working... go insane and find my nearest mcdonald's drive through if you put me on a plan oh my God, I remember, <laughs> I remember when i was living at home me and my dad my dad wanted to lose a bunch of weight and at the time i was like like a bit clueless um and we just had like chicken, chicken, rice and broccoli, like small servings, you know, like in the Tupperware, like five oh, times God, a day. Yeah. Um, and we did four weeks of it just to see how much weight you could lose. And that last week we were like crawling to the end of the yeah. week. We were like, oh, and then the minute it was the end of the week, we were like, do you want to go down the pub? Do you wanna go? And we were just like necking pints and eating <laughs> peanuts and had a takeaway. We were like, what were we doing? It's an absolute nightmare. So I think using what you already have, um, because that's the easy thing because you're already doing it. And then working with that, can is it a case that your portions are actually out of whack, which can happen like over time, you only need to be like a tiny bit off and then your portions are way over here and you don't even realize it because it's your yeah. normal. Um, and I'd say the other big thing with, uh, especially when you've got loads going on in your life, like loads of things to juggle. Um, a lot of younger people when you're single and you haven't got kids, you can focus on every single habit from the start. Whereas I think parents need to stack habits. They need to go, okay, until this one habit is like concrete and I don't even have to think about it anymore. Don't even consider adding another habit. Um, so I don't know it could be, up in your steps oh my steps are only five thousand a day that's that's um going to be affecting my energy expenditure and probably my mental health as well because i'm probably not Mm. getting out enough um can i put 30 minutes of walking in five times a week um 
if I can do that for a week, two weeks, and it becomes normal, now can I look at maybe I can track my food for a week? Um, not even can I change what I'm eating? Can I literally accurately measure what I'm having over the course of a week? Yeah. Right, I've got that down. Now I can actually analyze where I'm going wrong. Um, rather than being like, okay, right, this week I'm doing a shopping list. Uh, I'm going to get 10,000 steps. I'm going to get five workouts in. And then in the end, you do none of it. Yeah, because it just becomes too overwhelming, doesn't it? Trying to, the idea of actually doing that on top of your already ridiculous to do list then just leads you to that overwhelm paralysis sort of stage where you just don't know where to start, don't know what the end goal is anymore or how you're even going to reach it. I think that's. That's definitely one of the hardest bits for me is like just, yeah, the idea of having to to manage so many different elements is is quite, you know, mm. overwhelming. And you're right, you know, stacking those habits is going to be a lot easier to manage than actually like, you know, trying to keep them all going. And I guess like, you know, as you said, your program sort of runs between four and six months. By that point, when you finish with the client, I'm guessing that that client doesn't even really need to keep tracking their food because they should know, mm-hmm. like they're in that habit by then. They're like, oh, okay, well this week we're eating this and this is what it looks like on my plate. I can recognize the size of my portion and it should stick to that and and all of that sort of stuff. So it doesn't need to end up being you know like obsessive behavior does it It becomes learned behavior and then you're you just sort of like stick to it maintain it and keep it going and it's like when someone comes to me it's normally they're in a the opposite of mindful state with everything they're kind of just in their own routine they don't even consider like what they're having to eat what they're doing activity wise they're just in like the routine they've been in for the last 10 years um so when you then change habits you're then by the end of four to six months really you should be in a state where you've been considering these things for long enough that you know where everything fits in your life like um I did a one of the reels was about uh, a lady I have in Scotland and she said to me like I love crunchies I love (laughs) there were certain things she just like loved um and normally what you might even mindlessly eat a bunch of them um a whole pack of four or something um and not even consider what that is in the context of your like week um or you're gonna eat it feel guilty you're gonna be like that was a bad thing to eat now i'm like a fat slob and it's gonna Mm. take a self-image and then that affects what you do thereafter um so just for her understanding where that fits in her life so that she doesn't have to live a miserable life of like she's doing a bodybuilding show or something um she can (laughs) function like a normal human and enjoy her life and actually enjoy food and that's not a bad thing um that's a big thing and by that by that stage you should be comfortable with making the choices yourself um rather than having your hand held held forever basically yeah no that's that's brilliant and actually like yeah knowing knowing where that fits there was one reel you did as well um 
and it was around like Christmas eating and you were saying you know so what if you so what if you had like a or was it Christmas eating or weekend eating it was like so what you've had a you've had a bad weekend so what you you had a full roast dinner at Toby Carvery and did this and did that and did the other today's a brand new day Mm -hmm. like it doesn't need to be the be all and end all you don't have to live and sort of like wallow in that shame of Mm -hmm. that bad eating Mm -hmm. like at the end of the day like what you said you know you could be in that bodybuilding lifestyle of only eating chicken rice and broccoli (laughs) and feeling massively depressed and being social outcast with your friends because you can't go out to that restaurant you can't have you can't allow yourself that steak um unless you're coming up to like showtime um you can't allow yourself that glass of red wine because you know you know you just can't unless it's like the day before the show and you want to you know dehydrate a little bit <laughs> whatever but it's crazy isn't it I watched that documentary with um Arnold Schwarzenegger and his bodybuilding stuff and absolutely crazy um what you put yourself through to get to that position um and then what you end up with when you finish and you make that decision to stop doing it you know you can easily fall into that trap of just becoming really heavy and really unhealthy as well and crazy things that it does to your joints as well like lifting all that weight to build all that muscle um just bonkers to me um but yeah I the the whole way that you work and what I've seen from your reels and your Instagram as well I just think is so refreshing you know making sure that it's actually a lifestyle not just a fad Mm -hmm. you know actually like understanding the issues that parents face around time management and um and also the the pitfalls that they fall into you know finishing the the last of that baby bell or um (laughs) you know the, the last dinosaur dipper um and you know just the the idea that that we can still eat inclusively with our families find the time with our partners work in that sort of like team as well to prioritize health because I mean you do the same thing when you're raising the kids you work in a team you do the same thing when you're helping prioritize your partner's progression at work as well helping them to work a little bit harder to get that promotion uh, you know taking taking some of the load during that time why not make health a priority too I just think that I, I just absolutely love your philosophy, the way you seem to work as well. Um, and, you know, it, I just think there's there's so many benefits to taking on a programme like yours. And I'm guessing, like, I know you, you just mentioned you have a client all the way up in Scotland as well. So um, we know that you work online as well mm-hmm. as in doing in-person stuff in uh, in with Essex-based people. Um, but did you find as well that like COVID really opened up that opportunity to to expand virtually and and work with people outside mm-hmm. of the confines of of Essex? Yeah, I think COVID. I think COVID had a big effect, to be honest, in general and the fitness industry, and um, it probably did push people much more into a health focus um once people realized like loads of people started to it it illuminated to people 
their own subconscious worry about their health when they mm. realized how fragile it possibly could be. Um, so I think it changed in multiple ways, the online aspect, um, which I think is actually really, really good. Cause I think, um, like I was saying to you before, like the seeing someone for a couple of times a week for an hour to stand around basically to force you to do exercise that you wouldn't otherwise do if they weren't there, isn't what you want. You want someone who's going to be there to put the exercise into context for a start to, so that it's like, if, if you don't do it, that's not the end of the world. Like you can do it another day. And this is the function of the exercise. It's not so that you lose weight from the exercise. Um, but also giving you the support all those hours where you're not stood next to them in a gym mm. um, that's where the value really is um, so I think that movement has actually helped and it's helped PTs improve as well um, where they, they're being forced to give way more support outside of seeing people um, but yeah that COVID had a, had a big impact I think it it definitely made people value um, their health and having a functional body and something where they're building a body where they don't have to worry and stress about whether it's going to break down next year or um, whether the next illness that comes around um, is going to is going to be something they're more susceptible to. So, um, yeah, I think COVID had a big impact, to be fair. That's awesome. So if someone listening today would like to get in touch with you about improving their health and their well-being going forward, how would you like them to contact you? Yeah, so to be fair, most, if not all people, um, <laughs> come through my Instagram inbox. So just by messaging me, um, I won't buy it. I'm a pretty friendly person. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll try and type a message back rather than voice note. <laughs> so you don't have to worry if I'm swearing. Um, um, so yeah, at coach for parents um, on Instagram. Um, if you don't have Instagram and I know some people don't, it's weird. Um, but you have Facebook. Um, yeah, just drop me, drop me a message on there. Um, but if you search coach for parents, you'll find me on either of those. Those uh, see my big head. <laughs> on, my, on the timeline so you'll notice i'll make sure to um put the links to both your instagram and facebook in the um into the description of the podcast as well so if anyone does want to contact you all you'll have to do is click um click the link in the podcast description and you'll be able to contact jack straight away so um i'll make sure those are available for everything everyone thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me uh, today jack and to help dispel some of those awful uh myths and and things that we've all experienced growing up and um you know guys honestly healthy lifestyle healthy mind we can all do it if we can just work together and, and find some time to fit that into our day so thank you again jack thank you for joining me thank you if you enjoyed this episode of mum's work and chaos please make sure to subscribe on whatever podcasting channel you're listening on at the moment or if you'd like to get involved feel free to email me at mumsworkandchaos at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram.
at Mums Work and Chaos. See you then.